Welcome to the Time West podcast with Al and Rags. Gain a unique perspective on the world through deep truth and conversations. Today on the Time West show, we don't have our co-host Rags. He wasn't able to make it, but we have a very special show. We have the ladies from That's Why show. And we have a very special show today because we're talking about Asian hate and discrimination towards Asians, particularly Asian Americans, how it happens in America. And of course, the the guests we have from That's Why show, we have Anna. She identifies as Asian. And also we have Patricia, who identifies as... I am Latina, but I'm black by race and Latin by culture. It's not easy to just check a box, but that's how I identify. Okay. I that's a great that. description. That's good. I identify as black, even though if I ever had to fill anything out like census or application, I put other. You know? Just to mess oh. with them. Just to mess with them. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a way to mark every box? Every all box. of the above. And all of the above human race. Exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. All of the above. That's, that's the best way to do it, right? So when I you like show it. up and they yes. see you, they're like, oh. We couldn't kind of tell because of your name, but yeah, we see now. <laughs> well, I can't, I really can't wait till we get to the day that we don't have to, that that's I not know. important. Yeah, most definitely. So, Anna, on the topic of the show, uh, what is what is your nationality? I am Hmong and Vietnamese. Hmong is similar to Native Americans. We are tribal. We believe in shamans, rituals. We have different tribes white tribe, red tribe, black tribe. And we have, for example, at funerals, there's a shaman that will have a flute that will play. So we believe in the the ancestral concept, the soul and spirit. Yeah, that's what Hmong is. We don't have a country. We're not like Vietnam, Laos, Thailand. We live in mostly mountain areas. And we're really good with agriculture. So if you guys ever go to California, they will most likely be cultivating some weed. I like <laughs> and it. I like some it marijuana. <laughs> Nice. And I learned something new about you today. I love it. I did too. I didn't know that you identified yourself culturally as Latin, but you are black. I didn't yes. know that either. So thank you mm-hmm. for explaining that. Right. From the outside I appreciate looking that. in, right? If she, if somebody mm-hmm. sees yeah. her walking down the street, what are they going to say? No doubt, right? Yeah. But there's a lot of shades of Dominicans. Mm-hmm. Blonde hair, blue eyes, mm-hmm. and dark chocolate skin, mm-hmm. and everything in between. You have people that are very fair skin with the broad mm-hmm. noses and the thicker lips. And mm-hmm. then you have dark people who've got the thinner noses and the thinner mm-hmm. lips. Middle Eastern and like Ethiopian features. Right. Yeah. In our culture. All of it. You put it in a blender, and that's what you get. <laughs> Everything. You know what I mean? Definitely. So, yeah. yeah. Anna, just another question we have. So, where are you from? Are you actually from those places that, or is that where your family's from? Where were you born? That's where my parents are from. They're from Vietnam and Laos. Okay. And I was born and raised in Utah, good old Mormon state. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not Mormon. I was raised Buddhist. Thank goodness I lived in an area in Salt Lake City that had a diverse group of people. We had Asians, Hispanics. In Utah? Black. Yeah, in Utah. Oh, my depiction of Utah is like uh, all white, snow. 87% vanilla for sure. Oh, absolutely. There's that other percentage that's got a little diversity. I live in West Valley City, which is the most diverse city in Utah. Oh, yeah. okay. I hate to say the word minority. West Valley City is 50% minority and 50% 
white. That's true. What's that 50% minority? Mexican, South American, Indian, Asian, oh, Tongan, Black, Polynesians. Yes. Pacific Islanders. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You got everything. Huh? Right. And a lot of people that are migrating from Ethiopia, they've got a lot of cuisine yes. there. It's amazing. It's a lot of diversity. Right. Mm hmm. Could you answer this? Do people like to say Hispanic or should we say Latin? I like Latino. I don't like Hispanic. I apologize yeah. then. Thank you no, for no. correcting me. You don't like Hispanic or Spanish? Hispanic or Spanish. Really, Latin, it's a bigger umbrella. Thank mm -hmm. you. In, and it's more inclusive mm -hmm. than Hispanic. I guess it's more of a governmental term. And I remember hearing about the difference. But Latin, I'm more comfortable with that. And I think most people would be too. Latinos. From now on, I'm going to say that then. You're right, though. In school, we are taught Hispanic. You know what? It's the same thing as when you say Oriental versus Asian. When you say Hispanic, it's like saying Oriental. When you say Latino, it's wow. like saying Asian. It's more inclusive. I don't even think I've heard that word oriental in so long. I've, I almost forgot about it until you just brought that right? up. We kind of touched on, on our show about the fact that we are living in a time where political correctness is important to a degree. You can't be too hypersensitive. But because we've been so hyper insensitive for so long, this mm -hmm. is why we've developed that platform of being what? Politically correct. Mm -hmm. So because mm -hmm. of political correctness, mm -hmm. we don't hear the word oriental. Mm -hmm. It's looked mm -hmm. down upon. It's derogatory. But when you say Asian, it's more inclusive. Right. So Hispanic is going out the door as well for that reason. I get it. I We're get it. We're using more Latino. Probably like the word Negro. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. No doubt. You know, I don't even know if you really hear it like that, but you, you, can, you read books and they still have the word. You know, I haven't heard it as of late, but you know, that is a word that this mm -hmm. needs to go pretty much. As a Latina, you know, we say negro is the color black. Right. But you, mm -hmm. when, yeah. you when, when you refer to people, este negro, you are saying it in a derogatory term like this negro or the N-word. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But anyway, so I feel like I've learned a lot about myself in the last decade or so. And that is why mm -hmm. I consider myself a black woman by race with a Latin culture, because that's the predominance that I carry. Let's not forget that in the Dominican Republic, there's a huge indigenous history, right? Because that's when they get, when the settlers got there and they brought the mm -hmm. Africans, they brought them to a land that was uh, populated by indigenous people. And of yeah. course, they died off and they experienced the same things that the Native Americans experienced here in the United States. So that's where that blend comes from. But if racially, I have Spanish, I have indigenous, and I have black. But when I see myself in the mirror, that is what I see is a black woman. And so that's what I identify as. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That definitely. makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I just yeah, wanted to for answer that because that's important. So just in your view, how are Asians viewed and through your eyes just in America? That's really interesting because a lot of this, has been brought to light for me recently, but growing up, the way I saw Asians and the way that we see them as a culture is very different than the way that they're being portrayed now. Mm -hmm. Asians were smart. Asians were hardworking and all of that kind of stuff. Right. And I want to share this point because it kind of leads into what you're asking me right now. My friend shared a comment 
with me and it said Asians have often been viewed as perpetual foreigners, not real Americans, right? Quote unquote. In the 40s, they illegally were imprisoned and had 100 acres of land confiscated. Internment. Remember, Anna, that you were saying something along those lines? Mm-hmm. Asians also benefit yet slash suffer from the model minority myth. They have expectations to quietly assimilate, but they can pay the price when they don't fit. So I think that they're in a very unique situation right now because sadly we lump this whole thing that's happened with COVID and China when someone looks Asian, period. Just like there's black Cubans, there's black Africans, there's blacks from all kinds. You don't know what kind of black you're looking at. You don't know what kind of Asian you're looking at, but they're all lumped under the same umbrella. And so that animosity is just immediately triggered towards whomever is receiving it, whether you are from Vietnam, whether you are from China. I feel like that stigma has stuck with them since all of this started. And sadly, it's directed in the wrong direction, but it is something that I feel like has surfaced. And I think it resonates with our need to always hate somebody. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially here, right? Uh Uh-huh, in America. Especially in the United States. uh Who are we gonna hate next? Who are we gonna blame for what? Unfortunately, they're carrying the baton. Definitely who's next and who we can blame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just yeah. to like piggyback off of what you said, where I'm from, the East Coast of my community, we always viewed Asians as mostly the first time when we hear Asians, we think of Chinese, right? Mm-hmm. So we right. lumped it all into one. We think of Chinese and we think of even I knew all the people that own Chinese soil in my community were Korean, right? Mm-hmm. They made Chinese food. So, <laughs> when, <laughs> so. We think of, we still lumped them in all together and we thought, yeah, like hard work and they go to school and we always thought they didn't share. They didn't share their dollars in our community, yes. but they took our dollars. Would you agree in saying that the way that they were viewed were they're a tiny community and no one can get in? Yeah. They didn't date outside of their race. You know, they didn't mingle too much. And that's kind of how, you know, we just thought, all right, they're just, they're to themselves. It wasn't a, a very much of a discrimination thing going on with us, with them. It was more like exclusive exclusive they're over there and we're over here right, right. they do their thing whatever whatever right in this right. manhattan is chinatown there's you know chinatown everywhere so it was always like yeah okay we mingle when we have to do things like eat or maybe we buy certain things but other than that we didn't really have too much you know things to do it and we didn't have all the the crazy stuff that's going on now and you know like with the hate crimes and stuff. I mean, we had hate crimes, but I just think the narrative now is just so much more crazy. It's just, right? It's just like very vindictive and what's going on now is like very crazy, I think. Or maybe it always went on. We just didn't have it like publicized so much in the news. Right. Now it's in plain sight. Whereas before Mm -hmm. it was, you know, you have overt and covert, right? And Mm -hmm. so I think it's definitely, and I think, Mm -hmm. again, this whole thing with COVID and, People believing a lot of the uh, rhetoric that China's trying to take over the world, these Chinese are trying to rule us, and all these things has exacerbated that whatever slight Mm -hmm. biases you had, they're being brought to light because of all of this. You know what I'm saying? Which Mm -hmm. really... I don't know if you ever heard of Wayne Dyer, but Wayne Dyer says, what do you get out of an orange, right? What do you get out of an orange? Orange juice. Why? Because it's an orange, right? So when when life squeezes you, and tests your stress mm-hmm. level. What does it get out of you? Does it get hatred? Mm-hmm. Does it get uh, prejudice? And I think that we're being squeezed as a society. And now all these things are coming to light because 
of our history and we have to redirect it. I love that you said that about the history because you and I spoke, Patricia, about yes. American history. And regardless which country a person immigrated from, it was either the Irish, Italian, Dutch, the Dutch Pennsylvania. They have certain areas of the country that are more Irish, yep. more Italian. When the Chinese came to the United States in the 1860s to work on the railroads, over 80% of the railroad was built yes. by Chinese workers. And after 1869, when it was completed, they did not get citizenship because the government looked at Chinese and said, well, yeah, you build the railroads, but you're exactly. not going to gain citizenship. They worked hard. They got paid less. Mm -hmm. But they still worked in those conditions where they were hanging off cliffs, putting dynamite and gunpowder in the side of granite. They sacrificed their lives and worked just as hard or more mm -hmm. so. Exactly, exactly. And then in the 1940s, when World War II happened, President Franklin Roosevelt had the executive order where Japanese internment camps were established. All these Japanese people were taken, and most of them were born in the United States, were taken into these internment camps. Not only that, yes. but even Native Americans. When settlers came here, the railroads were here to mm -hmm. expand the United States, right? Which yeah. is great. We want to, like, get resources and whatever. But they had these what's called barbed wire. Mm -hmm. You guys know what barbed wire was? Native Americans called barbed wire devil's rope because it prevented them from going through the lands and getting their bison and buffalo. It really halted their way of life. And so, yes, there is this Asian hate that's going right on right now, but it's not new. It's not just our race. Yeah. It's happened with every single race. And in fact, when African slaves were in the United States, late 1800s, early 1900s, there was a movement to free the slaves and bring them back to Africa. Mm -hmm. What happened was they enslaved the native yep. Africans there. And they used the plantation concept to the native Africans in Africa. So right. slavery has happened mm -hmm. for over 9,000 years. Oppression has mm -hmm. happened. Yes. Misogyny, women's rights, everything has happened. But right now it is the Asian hate. Right. What intensified it? Do you think COVID and or the last administration that we had? Trump, do you think he inflamed that at all? I do. I believe that because if he's using the term Asian flu, then you're attaching that word to blame Asian mm -hmm. people. Absolutely. It is kind of interesting because the misconception of the Spanish flu wasn't <laughs> Spanish flu. It happened exactly. in Kansas. Right, you know? right. Was it 1918, I believe? But that's the thing. When you label something, that name will attach itself. When I think Spanish flu, I don't think of Kansas. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've got to switch my mind. And same thing with Asian flu. I have to say, I don't believe in the open markets in China. That needs to go. Right. And I don't like the what do you mean, animals the wet markets? being... The, the, the wet markets. Okay. That's awful. So that is the part where I'm just like, yeah, China needs to step up. If they want to be a part of the globalization, which they are, and yes, Chinese people are taking over the world. Yes, they are. They bought Africa. They bought the largest pork company in the world based in the United mm -hmm. States. The strange thing is we have these soybean agriculture in the United States. 90% gets mm -hmm. shipped to China. We are accommodating the mm -hmm. Chinese market. Mm -hmm. Right. With the Asian hate, no, that's got to go. Asian hate, that breaks my heart. The Black Lives Matter, that breaks my heart. Anything that targets a certain right. 
a group. Oh my gosh, it breaks my heart. And you can't unlearn that. You made a point earlier about once you stigmatize something, mm-hmm. it takes so much more effort for you to unlearn that that isn't true. I was telling, uh, t- having that conversation with my husband about the fact that how long did it take the United States to realize that no one human race isn't less than another simply because they look mm-hmm. differently? Instead of always bonding with the similarities that we have, which is many, many, we have much more similarities with each other from all walks of life on the planet. Right. Mm -hmm. You got Mm -hmm. two eyes. You got nose just like me. It's not like you got three eyes. (laughs) Did you say three eyes? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like... (laughs) Have you ever seen those people who have like an extra appendage? You know, yeah, and that's what are you thinking when you shake that yeah, hand? Anyway, <laughs> did you ever see that comedian that was talking about that? Like they have one up on you because when you're counting on your fingers for reasons why not to date someone, they have one extra one. And like, you got that's me, funny. <laughs> But anyway, the point is that instead of sitting down being like, look, we have so much more things in common than we have. <laughs> that are not and we never go that route we always go the opposite how different we are and focus on those points and i think that again going back to your point when you stigmatize something and when you categorize something whether it's like the chinese flu that's it whether Mm -hmm. it came from there or not and people do their homework or not that's it they rather make it easy Mm -hmm. because people are lazy for the most part people don't want to do the research and homework and what makes me sad Mm -hmm. listen somebody in dominican republic in the hills you got a phone and you got wi-fi you have knowledge and in a time where we have knowledge at our fingertips we are more ignorant sometimes yeah we still have those ignorant people putting Mm -hmm. out news like via whatever the news outlet be right and you get it on google or you get it on wherever you get your news from so there is a bit of that too like going on out there that's true you look at stuff and you're like is this even you know is this true is this a a reputable outlet right because you have i mean out of the 10 ways Mm -hmm. that i can find this information which do i trust Sadly, there are a lot of sources that are misinforming mm-hmm. people out there. So it's, it is a little bit more of a challenge. Nonetheless, we have the access, right? We have the ability to, to do it. There are 3,800 anti-Asian racist incidents that have happened the past year, mostly wow. against women. And a lot of the media has that I have personally seen has portrayed Black doing the harm on mm. Asian women. However, the numbers are not that way interesting why do you think that's so i mean i guess we kind of know why that's so right we just it's systemic racism from the beginning of a time in america right it's just one of those things it's a narrative of the black person that's so overly aggressive and aggressive uh, yes. and you know and everything like that so when a black person does a crime right and you capture it to the media in america it just looks so much oh. more aggressive no matter if it's two compared to I didn't think about that. White. It, it definitely is. And it and it's looked upon as, I don't know, just looked upon as so, like, I don't know, it's taboo because when you look at the uh, the other way around, the way law enforcement handles people of color, it's just so aggressive, right? And so in turn, when a black person does nothing and they're shot and they're killed, right, during this event that takes place through usually more than likely white law enforcement or even sometimes not even white. I mean, not even the law enforcement. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, like the Trayvon Martin, that's just... 
I just think it just all boils down to just the narrative that's been going on in America for years. I mean, I think we're, you know, we're trying to change it. You know, we have a better administration now. Things are changing. But I think it's just looked upon as we're so much more aggressive. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just the storyline just, just looks like that. If I could add to what Al just said, because it's about that narrative, like he said, but it's also perpetuating what sells. When you're oh. looking at the media, the media has never been a unifying force. It's always divisive. Everything, mm-hmm. even the freaking weather. Tomorrow. <laughs> the snow. You're like, oh my God, why you gotta be dramatizing everything? It's gonna rain. Right. Just relax. You know what I'm saying? We've seen it before. And so mm-hmm. everything is about ratings. How do I get the ratings? See it here on Channel 4. Like, it's the only, <laughs> you are gonna re- be reporting what everybody else is, but why am I going to watch mm-hmm. you because you're going to show me that guy how can i shock you how can i scare how can you, i right? shock you and scare like- you into uh, watching tomorrow to see if what your story or what that narrative am i still feeding into it you know have you guys ever watched the movie the maid no oh no the help pardon me it was the, the help, help yes pardon me uh-huh yes the help mm-hmm. the maid i'm sorry it was about maids but it was called the help in the help i don't know if you remember that she was saying all these in Jim Crow, this was, and I'm talking about back in the 50s and 40s, right? They would not allow a white woman to breastfeed in a room where black men had been. Not even a black man just yeah. sitting there watching you breastfeed. Not present. Had been. Had been. That's crazy. So what does that say? That says that we are still practicing, whether consciously or subconsciously, those biases and against and those prejudices and those stigmas. And to see, again... A black man walking down the street and a white man, Mm -hmm. more people would clench their purse if they were walking on the side. No matter what that black man looks like, right? Whether he's like in a suit, you know, or whether he's wearing a hoodie. Same thing. Al, you know, being from New York, how many professional doctor black men that have well-dressed trying Mm -hmm. to hail a cab and Mm -hmm. being passed over? Passed over, You know, still, that still happens 2021 here and if we it's are uptown right if it's uptown manhattan you can forget about it you got a better chance you, you i don't care what you had on if you're uptown they would like just exactly pass 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 right you got a better chance and you still probably wouldn't get it maybe midtown or downtown so we're still experiencing because of those stigmas right back mm-hmm. then they've just taken on a different form but they're still here and it's not until we break those and little things like we were just talking about earlier How essential, I don't know that that's so essential for me to constantly be identifying myself in a job interview or in an application. My qualifications should speak for themselves, not my race. That's what what you're hiring me for. What do you mark on the box? I mark, well, they have Latino, Hispanic, or Black, Hispanic. Mm -hmm. That's what I usually mark. You know, and I can always, we were joking about putting other just to mess with them. But at the same time, I want to be true to who I am, but... You are asking me the question and I'm answering it. I want to not have to even be asked. That is the day that we're really making progress. This when is that true. When gets to that this point. This is true. I believe that, Patricia's saying. I feel like that way. I agree yes and no to that, Patricia. I agree because we should be qualified for the job based on our experience, our knowledge, our know-how. Mm-hmm. However, I also believe that diversity needs to be in a workplace. For example, Rwanda is the number one country in the world that has women in the government roles, in government positions. Really? And in the constitution, 30% have to be women. And what happened during the genocide in 1994, Mm -hmm. in 100 days, 800,000 Tutsis were slaughtered. Wow. The women 
before 1994, they couldn't own land. They couldn't divorce. Yes, they had to take yes. the abuse. And after the men passed away, who's going to take over the roles? The women. They turned the government into a nurturing, caring, uplifting mm -hmm. government. More diverse. Now, you need that diversity. I agree with you, Anna. I really more do. More diverse. And so, yes, I believe that hire me on my qualifications, not on my race. However, Rwanda really made me think differently. Maybe we need to have those percentages. Let's have people in office that are representing that ratio. Correct. Right. And that's why equal opportunity exists. Yes. Yes. If it wasn't for that, we would not have that equal opportunity. Mm -hmm. But I guess my mindset of mine wanting to get to that point where we all can have an True. equal footing, right? That balance. I would love that. Um, yeah. But if you were, if we're not forced, you're right. Mm -hmm. If they're not forced to answer that question, because you do have to say, then they do have to answer in HR and say, oh, we, we see that we don't have enough exactly. diversity and we have to hire. And sadly, it is the, wor the world that we've created. It is. It doesn't have to be that way. And I hope that it's... Yeah, it's the balance. Exactly, right? exactly. No doubt. It's the balance of wanting to be proud of... You are proud of your nationality and, and your race, but you don't want to be uh, discriminated against because of... Or marked. Or, or marked. marked. Yeah. You know? And I think that we should all be proud and we should all be happy that we can share something different because of where we come from. But Anna, going on to a topic that you had mentioned before, I don't know if you brought it up about Haitians. Oh, yes. The Dominican is next to Haiti. And what I read in my humanities class was Haitians are treated less than because even though they travel across the border and they try to work and they'll have to you know go back every day to live in Haiti, how does that reflect upon you, your history, your family? I mean, how do you feel about that? And does that ever play in your mind like when you go back and visit? Absolutely. Let me ask Al something. Do you have roots from like, you know, maybe three, four generations back? I do. So doing the um, ancestry, you know, some of the DNA stuff, I go all the way back to maybe 1800s and it goes back to plantations mm -hmm. in North Carolina. Okay. Right. So it goes back to the slave owner, yeah. which my last name is West, which it was a West plantation, mm. which they migrated from Holland. Oh, interesting. And we all know that all the slaves were marked last name by whoever their slave master family yes, was. That's right. I didn't know that's that. That's how African-Americans have their last name. That's mm -hmm. why it all sounds so American. Yes. What? I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you hear the Hamiltons in the West. Right, Anna? You know, so it's a resemblance of you figure a guy like Malcolm X, you know, he replaced his last name with X because he always figured, you know, black people were lost in America. Mm -hmm. We weren't connected to who we were. So you, you know, were something before you got here. They just erased it. Yes. Before you got here. Absolutely. Yes. I go, I'm about 70% from uh, around this Sudan and uh, that East Northern African area. And the rest is European. Mostly that is because of the... Um, what happens mm. on plantations, right? With slave owners. And, we know. know. Mm -hmm. So what happens is slave owners, you know, usually rape the uh, African women. Of course. And I asked you that question because going off of Anna and the Haitians, you know, we still, again, as we said earlier, and a lot of things revisit, right? You revisit the same topic over and over again, because until you don't heal from something, you can't put it past you. We're still healing from a lot of the, the prejudice and the stigma that the supreme powers that be 
labeled on us, okay? There's a lot of still black self-hatred in Dominican Republic. And we're just starting to scratch that surface, I would say within the last five to 10 years at most. So we hate the Haitians for being black and for being poor and for a lot of the conditions that they themselves did not put themselves in. We don't want them intermingling. And so when they come to the Dominican Republic, we give them those scrawny jobs like a lot of Mexicans experience here, right? That stigma that they have. Interestingly enough, you know, I taught, uh, I said to a friend that, you know, Utah was part of Mexico. All that was part of Mexico. And he Uh looked at me and I was like, you didn't, you didn't know. Like, I was surprised that he didn't know that he was an Anglo person. And he's like, no. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he was a Caucasian, he was a white person. And I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and I didn't mean to sound like wow. I was trying to look down on his lack of knowledge, but I'm like, you know that all this was taken anyway from the get-go, and especially this here was mm-hmm. part of Mexico. Anyway, so going back, mm-hmm. I feel it's sad what they're experiencing. A lot of discrimination Haitians are in the Dominican Republic. They were trying to pass mm-hmm. a law, just like the anchor babies, quote unquote. There were Haitians that what had been there What does anchor baby for, mean? Well, you know, like they were saying that Mexicans come here to have an American baby so that then they can get their papers and use their American child. And then oh. they were saying that even mm. if that child, remember that big thing during the Trump administration, we're not going to allow these children to anchor their parents and be what allows their parents to come here and get their papers. So even if that child was born in the United States, they're going to deport that child with their parents because they were here for that purpose. I understand. So now in Dominican Republic, sadly, there are people, there was one in particular that broke my heart. It was this doctor. She had been born in the Dominican Republic. This woman's in her 40s. They were trying to deport her and void her birth certificate because her mother had gone to the Dominican Republic illegally. This was a woman that was Dominican in all forms. She was born there, the culture. She doesn't know what it's like. She hadn't ever even been to Haiti. And they were trying to deport her because of that hate. It's like the dreamer situation, right? That we have in America, right? These people have no real citizenship and no you know so it's like where, where do they go right you know from there exactamente yo i don't even know why if you're gonna be sending me to a country that i have mm-hmm. no idea about anything wow. never wow. been to uh-huh. so that hate is real and it comes and i and i hate to put that word out there but that soup that white supremacy mm-hmm. is i feel the foundation of a lot of things that we need to break out of and it has definitely touched. When you speak of the United States and in inception and its its foundation, that's who you're talking about. It's the founding mm-hmm. fathers and who were they and what were they trying to convey? And mm-hmm. why have we had to have always a group to hate? All those groups, uh, most of those groups have not been able to meet that ideal of what they wanted. So I feel like mm-hmm. it's been way too long and that's where all of this hate is founded on and I feel like it needs to be redirected and the only way that we will learn is by understanding and educating ourselves with each other mm-hmm. I mean here we have three different backgrounds I mean I may be from New York just like Al and the East Coast but I have a Latin background Al has a different uh, lineage you have one differently and yet we're all here and we're able to sit down 
So being in Utah, wherever or wherever else you traveled in the U.S., have you ever been called any racial slurs, any Asian racial slurs or Chinese or anything? I like have that? been called Chinese. I've never been called a name before, even living in Utah. And I think the re- really I know, wow. right? But you know, Utah. We have a lot of missionaries that go to different countries, and so even though we have a lot of white people here, they are more culturally diverse. Are they in Utah?、Oh, I'm trying to explain this、known. in a way that makes <laughs> sense because when you're Mormon, you're 18 years old, you get shipped off to a different country, you don't know which country that you're going to,、yes. and you're there for two years. You have to. Is it more acceptable you know, not to express your hate in Utah against other races? I think the politeness is. A Utah thing. I've never been called a name before. Is that right, Patricia? Do you think the politeness is a thing here? Oh, absolutely.、Mm-hmm. I mean, they're mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. hyper sensitive to not offending. But I think that what Anna's saying is very very poignant. The Mormon Church. If there's one thing that I could say that they do great is being able to expose people to a lot of different cultures, and you don't just go there for a month and punch in and、Mm-mm. do a Peace Corps thing. You live among them, you eat their food, you learn their language, you embrace the culture, and when they come back, they are more、yes. educated. Again, going back to that word, they're more educated on really what the people are like. Whether there's an acceptance or not, I cannot say, but I can. Say that there's definitely a high tolerance and、yes. understanding, which allows for them to be、yes. more accepting. Then, in turn, so I think that that's probably why I would say. And Utah opens up their borders to a lot of refugees. Yes, like Ethiopia、yes. and Somalia. We have a lot of immigrants、mm-hmm. that come to Utah, and when you have the Mormons sending their kids out to missionaries, I have clients, and they speak fluent, you know, Tagala, Spanish. Japanese,、mm-hmm. Thai. You gotta be careful sometimes when you're talking.、Yeah. You don't know who knows、yes. another language. And interestingly enough, because you know Utah is like you said, I I don't know what the percentage is, but it's a high percentage. I have to say, it might gotta be maybe eighty、mm-hmm. two or something that it's Caucasian and then other,、mm-hmm. right? Yet it's a Republican、mm-hmm. state, and yet even despite that. There's a lot of diversity, and I think a lot of more acceptance here、mm-hmm. for for that reason. I would I would wager no more different than New York.、Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been when I grew up, there was a lot of hate crimes. Yeah, really, well, New York is similar,、oh, right?、Man. It's kind of discriminative too, right? I think it's a little segregated also, which people think of the East Coast as very. Oh, you know they're so they were so progressive, especially when you think of like civil war and things like that. But the neighborhoods、yes. are very segregated. I've never been there before, girl. Where I grew up in Washington Heights. If you look up Washington、mm-hmm. Heights, you'll hear about the plays and the stuff. But that was the little Dominican Republic right now.、Mm-hmm. But yet you got Spanish Harlem, you got the Puerto Ricans, you got the people from Harlem that are black. You've the got side, the whites、yep. living in the village. It is, despite how what a melting pot it is, everybody keeps to their own、wow. for the most part. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're just mingle,、spot. but they have huge、yes. neighborhoods of just you will catch maybe you might catch a sprinkle of a different. A sprinkle, I like that. <laughs> I like a sprinkle,、yeah. a, a little sprinkle. here and there. You got a little <laughs> sprinkle. Ooh,、yeah. A little sprinkle.、Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Believe it or not, New York City, honey, New York City.、Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes.、Wow. So, guys, I just wanted to ask you guys this other question. So, we all know about the Atlanta shooting—the、uh, eight people that are dead and 
the guy is saying that, oh, I had some type of sexual addiction and I've been to Asian massage parlors, so I just figured, you know, that was my whole thing. I'm just going to shoot that because of my addiction, so I'm going to shoot and kill a bunch of people. Do you guys buy that, that that is the way it is? Do you buy that? I feel in my heart that it is a hate crime. Even if he had this problem with his sexual addiction, he blatantly selected those places who they're Asian. And the bad thing is Asians, for some reason, well, actually, I know the reason, but Asians are usually sexualized. They're overly sexualized. You know, you look at the opium. uh, Yes. You know, you look at the opium dens in China. They always have like these um, madams and they have Hmm. these prostitutions. And back in the day, you know, of course, it was true. Well, I don't know about the over-sexualized part, but I do know black men love Asian women. Well, I didn't know that was a thing. But yeah, Asian hate with the Asian part. I think I want to ask Patricia. She she told me something really important and eye-opening before you logged in, Al. And I was wondering if you could share that about the salons and stuff and business. Oh, well, I was like, oh, snap. What did I say? I'm always so scared. Um, yeah, there's a history. And I don't know if Al's heard about this, but there was a time where there was a lot of protests of Blacks against Asian Uh, nail salons because they were feeling discriminated against Mm -hmm. it's kind of like what you said earlier al about we give you our money yeah Mm -hmm. we give you our money you come to our community you make money off of us but you treat us less than you know Mm. black people were like just stop giving them your money money talks Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and it helps Mm -hmm. but there has been this kind of intermittent discord and animosity against with asians and the black communities like predominantly black communities where asians have their businesses if they have it Mm. in the black community these things can happen but going to the comment or question that you had al It's kind of like a woman or a man saying, well, this woman was acting provocative or she was dressed provocative, so therefore she deserved to be sexually assaulted or treated a certain way. That's that man. Mm. A man that has integrity does not take advantage of a woman in a certain situation where she's dressed a certain way. So that man saying that is blowing smoke and camouflaging who you really are. Again, what do you get when you squeeze an orange, right? That's who he mm-hmm. was. A violent hating person and you're just using that as an excuse. That's my opinion. And you know, and 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 that in question it goes it seemed like men that believe that it goes one way because if you ask the same man about his daughter, he would not believe that, right? Then it's a whole different story. Right. right? When yes. it comes to a woman. So I oh I never yeah. understood that. I mean, I don't know. It's a thing I guess with men, but I just never understood why men always I mean I guess through history would like to just take advantage of certain situations with women. Me personally, I always thought you should never take advantage of, and in me, it's almost like a coward. Take advantage of somebody you consider to be less of or somebody mm-hmm. you consider to be not as strong as you, right? However, that is not as strong, not as mentally. And if you're taking advantage of that situation, to me, that's almost like being a coward, right? You oh, want to take advantage of a situation. To me, you if you want to be a tough guy, you think it is, you're that. Take advantage of a situation where you don't know if you can win, right? Where you don't know if... If the odds are stacked stacked against you, I just feel like it's the thing of, you know, a man just like overpowering and just preying on a a situation. Similar to how men would overpower or they would power struggle with men that would be in jail. How they would just, you know, rape Mm -hmm. men in jail also, right? It's just a a thing of, you know, a power thing. 
trying to be that alpha male, whatever that means. But we have to connect with our human side and not our animalistic side because they don't speak well Mm -hmm. to each other sometimes. And you have to be logical and assessing. Exactly. (laughs) We're not like we're not barbarians and and, and cavemen. So the whole thing, you know, just doesn't. And what sets us apart? Narrative of that, yeah, it doesn't exactly. No doubt. Touching that, I think it's definitely a hate crime because the first thing I think about when I look at any other racial disparity going on, I always look at my community and I always feel like, well, like the guy that shot up the black church, right? He didn't say I shot it up because of this or because of that. Right. But in my eyes, first thing I think about, and I'm sure the nation think about, it's definitely a hate crime. You're you're in Alabama, you're down south, a young white guy shoots up a black church, just kill people. Then he gets a ride in a cop car with no cuffs. They take him to a drive through They feed him, ask him, is he okay? And then they, you know, ultimately let him try to plead out insanity. So, right. you know, I look at it, I always look at it that way. And to me, I think it's definitely a hate crime, right? And, and the same thing is yeah. going on to me. He hasn't been charged with a hate crime. So it's just, it's just the same thing, kind of like the narrative of what we have in the U.S. And, you know, we have this podcast and these talks just so hopefully, you know, we get people to hear this and they understand that, Everybody else thinks. It's not just about how you feel and what you think. I think you just have to listen to everybody's point of view, and that's how we can come together, and we definitely have to have some type of compromise on that. I want to say something on that topic, very, very important, because I didn't know this, and I can't remember where I heard it, but learn. Learn and educate yourself. I heard, and I can't remember what the number is, but that whites are much less likely to have friends, close friends that are of other cultures than other groups. So blacks, Latinos, Asians, you're more likely to have close friends from another. Now, I I can't really say that in Utah, right? Because my kids have been very embraced. You know, my husband is Caucasian and my kids just, they all look very Latino except for, you know, one. And, And quote unquote, what Latino means. Because again, we've got the gamut that we discussed earlier. But the point is that they- I love your kids, Patricia. I know, they're freaking awesome. You did so well. Applaud you. You, Thank your kids, you. holy cow, Patricia. They're good people. They're, they're so people good. that I want to know when I'm chilling. And I always said that to them. You're young, a very small portion of your life versus how you are as an adult. So I always said to my kids, you're a little adult in training. I raised my kids to be adults in training. I don't treat them like children, but you're in training for being an adult. Look at the world around you and think for yourself. That's how I always talk you know, raise my kids to be. But point being that they've experienced very little discrimination. Mm -hmm. And when I say very little, the biggest I heard was my daughter works at McDonald's and these kids were in a car. And when they were driving off, they called her the N-word. And the funny thing is, when I asked her, you know, how did you feel about it? She was looking at them like, they're so stupid. They don't even know what they're talking about. They don't even know me. Mm-hmm. And she brushed it off. So I'm wow. happy that she handled it that way. But that's not the story for a lot of people who live in certain areas that are discriminated against and have to deal with that on a daily basis. So you have to be sensitive. It's not, I don't think it's okay to just tell someone, just get over it. Or you have to try to understand it and understand the whole picture to be able to cure it from the inside. Don't yeah. just take a Tylenol and don't just put a Band-Aid. Let's try mm-hmm. to fix it from the nitty gritty so that mm-hmm. we can be in a different place in 10 years from now, five years from now. That'd be nice. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, hopefully. I love that. Yeah. So in closing, you guys have anything else you guys want to get out there, you guys want to say? or The fact that we're talking about this right now, we're having this discussion and we all come from 
different backgrounds is a representation of how we can be in the future. Yes. The more people that have this open dialogue, the better for all of us together. And I think like, for example, Patricia, how you grew up, you guys both grew up on the East Coast. You guys enlightened me. Yeah. I didn't know that there were blocks in New York. I had no idea. And I really did think that the East Coast was progressive. And I was just like, oh, the West Coast, we're just stoners. And the East Coast, they're the brilliant minds and everything. That's that's not the case. That's not it. Yeah. I think you guys are way more progressive here than than we are on the East Coast, actually. Me, personally. (laughs) Well, Anna, again, it goes, I feel like it goes back to knowledge and understanding and learning. First of all, I've learned so much about you today and culturally. And I feel like I had a lot of biases and prejudices about Asian people, Mm -hmm. about Indian. I mean, but Mm -hmm. I was taught that. I was taught that growing up. And so just to (laughs) say, yes, I feel like not only having this dialogue, but don't be afraid to allow yourself to get close to someone that is completely different than you. Mm -hmm. Not only will you learn about them, but you'll learn about yourself. Mm-hmm. You'll learn and discover things about you that mm-hmm. no one will be able to open your eyes to. Because if you hang out with like-minded people only, you'll never challenge your mind. Yeah. That's true. Ever. Exactly. So broaden mm-hmm. your horizons with your socialization, your religion, with your faith. Embrace all that it has. That doesn't mean that you can't have a preference. Keep your preference and enjoy them. But learn from others and you can teach them too it's not just about learning it's teaching them definitely i love I, that I definitely patricia believe that. Yep. i believe that i think that just challenge i think challenge yourself you know it, challenge yes. what you were taught or just challenge what you think you know maybe have a conversation with somebody see if it holds up you know the litmus test or just dare to learn something else or something different from somebody you didn't know or somebody you think you knew of that person or yes. what they might be or what they think or what they do. So I think that's what's I very love important. that word, Al. Dare. Be more yeah, daring. Yeah, I love that. You guys want to uh, let the listeners know where they can uh, catch you guys, where they can hear you guys? Yeah, we have our comedy podcast, That's Why. And you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google. And you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at That's Why Show. Lovely. Exactly. And it's a, uh, it's a great show. You guys just had a show. You just finished up. What was that about? Anna, please. We, <laughs> we talked about <laughs> orgasms right before we talked about this Asian hate situation. <laughs> Yo, man. That's a 180. Great spin Yeah, yeah, right? no doubt. Yes. So if you want to just, yeah, enlighten yourself and take the load off. Yes. Let's learn about yes. orgasms, people, which we all can say we love. <laughs> The reason why Patricia and I decided That's Why podcast is because we need some comedy in our life. We need to laugh. And, you know, laughter is the best medicine. And that's why we started that podcast. But we love having these deeper conversations with you, Al. Thank you. This has been great, Al. Thanks a lot. This was great. No doubt. And um, I definitely want to have another conversation with you guys in the future. As far as, you know, the Tom West Show, you guys know where you can catch us at. It's Time West 2021 Podcast on Instagram. And if you want to email your questions, then you can get us at timewestshow83 at gmail. So thank you, guys. Thank Thank you, you, Al. Bye. Bye. Bye.